All right, Ben, man. Um, finally, finally good to get you on the show. Um, been a while. I've been trying to get you on for a while, but you know, uh, things happen. But you know, we're on. You're on now, and uh, I appreciate the time. No, no worries, man. Have to be on finally. <laughs> you know, you're heading into this fight in Auckland, and I saw that it's almost been ten years since you fought in New Zealand. What does yeah. this mean to you to be able to finally go back and fight? Man, I've always, I've always wanted to go back home and fight, even just local, on a local show, fighting pro. Um, I only fought amateur back home. And when I moved to Australia and started fighting here, I've always, when I, I would see cards come up in Auckland and I always wanted to jump on. But at the, at the time, all the, all the good heavyweights were, were here in Australia. And I was also like fighting in random places too, like Guam and um, went to New Caledonia once as well. And um, so I always knew that one day I would go back and fight back home in Auckland, but I never thought it would be in the, on a UFC card though. So yeah, it's crazy. It just makes everything a lot more kind of a lot more intense. And also I'm looking forward to it so much more as well. Have a lot of people hit you up about tickets? You know, of course you can't buy their yeah. tickets, but have they hit you up on about that? Yeah, yeah, they have. But um, I had to um, I had to kind of be a bit smarter and I, I told all my boys straight away I told them I told them months ago I said look I'm fighting on the 23rd of Feb start saving all your benefit money <laughs> so you can come and watch because I'm not going to get free tickets and stuff um yeah all, all my all my tickets uh I, I got a few tickets but they were they were spoken for a long time ago so like my missus and my mom and stuff so I, I told everyone straight away I said look I'm fighting you've got this much time so if you can, if you can go and eat takeaways a couple of times a week, then stop eating that and save up your money instead, so you can come watch. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, speaking of your missus, uh, she also fights too. You know what? What kind of impact does that have on your life? And uh, and and you know what does she do for you as a as a fighter that she understands about fighting that no one else can? Um, she's real. The main thing is um. It's really easy. It's really easy for partners and wives and husbands and stuff to be supportive of the other person when they're doing really well. But um, the the times that she's the best is when I've had bad sessions or I'm injured or I've just come back and I've lost a fight and I'll get home. It's hard to get up off the couch. It's hard to get out of bed. I'm just really lazy. I don't want to do anything. And those are the times when she's really really good. She'll just keep telling me, hey, you're gonna you're gonna get up and maybe have a shower. You wanna have a shower today or something? Or you wanna you wanna have something to eat? But um yeah it's good having people that can kind of pick you up like that. She she also she didn't really she's not really a fighter per se, but she she just wanted to jump in, see what it was like and see kind of have a glimpse at what I, I go through when I go in and fight. So she was kinda of like yeah, I'll jump in and fight her MMA fights. Yeah, she didn't train at all. She didn't do any striking training, any grappling training. She just did her judo training and some CrossFit and thought, now nah, I'll be fine. I will just jump in and see how it goes. And so it's it's really cool for me that she wants to kind of see what it's like and kind of jump in my shoes for a bit. So it's always awesome having someone so supportive. Yeah, sometimes it's how you say it. It's not what you say, but, you know, how you say it to somebody, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like she wouldn't tell me, "Hey, you smell. Can you go have a shower?" If I get up, she would just say, "Would you like a towel? Are you gonna go and jump?" In the <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, everybody needs that. I don't even think it, you just you have to be a fighter. You just need to be a person, a human being to have someone next to you to support yeah. you in anything you do. Yeah. The other part was um because my 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 two youngest daughters, they're three and four, and they've been at fight shows of mine since since they were babies. Um my four year old was at a fight show when she was only a few months old. Um, my youngest daughter, she was still breastfeeding when her mum was ha having fights. Her mum was having a boxing match and then straight breastfeeding her after the fight. So they've been around it a long time. And when they see, yeah, pretty much their whole life. So when they see fights on TV, they see um, UFC fights, boxing matches, they know that that's what I do. And my missus knows that they're probably going to want to get into it when they're older. So she wants to just, that's why she started doing some training as well. So then when they grow up, she can kind of jump in and help them out as well if they want to do that. Having two daughters, and recently you saw that tragic helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant and his daughter, and they brought up that, you know, I'm a girl dad. You know, you're a girl dad. You you know, could you yeah. label yourself as that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. that Yeah, stuff like that that happens because that's, that's everyone's worst nightmare. Um, I wouldn't mind, it wouldn't be as bad for me if uh, I knew that something really bad was going to happen to me. But if one of my daughters was with me at the same time, that would that would be the worst. So, yeah, it's still, yeah, even talking about it, even though it didn't happen to me, but still any, any parents know that your kids are your life and you always want to be able to protect someone as much as you can and not being able to is kind of yeah, your worst nightmare. Yeah, even like me, I have a daughter too, and uh, I don't even like watching movies where kids are like sick or they get hurt or like yeah. kid, you know, like crazy stuff that's going on with kids. I just don't even watch it at all. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I wouldn't care if they, they had a team event and I could have a five-on-one UFC fight against five of the best heavyweights in the world. I'll jump in straight away. But I can't watch stuff like the cold case files and my missus watches that all the time. And nah, I, I hate that. I get angry when she turns it on. I tell her to turn it off. I don't want to. I don't like hearing about that kind of stuff, man. I can't deal. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, now, let's go back to your UFC debut, back to the fighting. Greg Hardy, in the fight, if people look, watch it again, they see you chasing the knockout. Why were you so set on putting him out with your hands? Man, um, so always two things when I fight anyone. The first thing is I want to know, know if they can hit me hard enough to put me to sleep. Because I do want to get knocked out one day. I want to see what it feels like. But I, I want the person that does it to earn it, though. They, they have to they have to earn that. And um, so I felt a couple of punches from his. And he hit really hard. But I knew that he didn't hit hard enough to put me to sleep. And then the second thing is, I want to just put you to sleep now. Um, my head was in a weird space. Um, my mate, that was I just freshly come back from Thailand when I got the UFC contract. So it was a bit weird. I was over there with my friend Sai, and he was still in the coma. And um, I literally just fought exactly how he fights. I've cornered him so many times, and I lose my voice every single time because he just chases that one big shot, and I'm screaming at him to do the game plan. Same thing happened. My coaches were screaming at me for my game plan. and Because I, I felt that shot go a bit close, and I, it was only centimeters away a couple of times. So I thought, nah, this guy's gone. If I catch him, then I'll get him. So I was just trying to, yeah, I just kind of didn't think and I just chased that one shot the whole time. In that fight, there's also other controversy going on where, you know, Hardy, he hit the inhaler between the rounds. 
Did you feel any difference after he hit the inhaler? Uh, no, not really. Because I, I felt I usually don't really pick up pick up how the other person feels, other than how much they don't want to get hit. I don't really pick up on their their um their fitness or anything. Because usually I'm I'm the more out of shape person in in the cage. So all I think about is my fitness, make sure that I can just keep pushing. And um, I was able to keep pushing the whole time. So, I, um, yeah, I felt all right. And, yeah, the inhaler really didn't affect me at all. I didn't really – I didn't think it had much to do personally. But it was the eye pokes that, that really messed up a lot of what I was trying to do more so than the inhaler. Did, did the eye pokes – how long did the damage last for you after that fight was over? Um, it's, it's still going, man. Oh. One of my eyes is still, still a bit annoying. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, one of my eyes was a lot worse than the other. But, um, my coach, my coach took a thumb straight back in his eye socket. So I, I knew what to expect. So I wasn't too worried about it. But it was, it was just hard when you're fighting. Instead of seeing a person, I'm just seeing a, a blurry shape the whole time. It makes it a bit harder to try and, um, set my distance and stuff like that. With the situation, you know, with Sai and leading into the fight, and then there was a lot of the pre-fight banter and just controversy surrounding your opponent. Did that have any effect on you, other than you know the the pre-fight banter mostly? Uh no, nah, not really. Um, probably one of the my strongest aspects when it comes to my fight career is I'm I'm, I'm always fine. Nothing really gets to me. Um. And no matter the situation, I handle pressure really, really well. And even if I'm getting attacked from more angles in in the cage, I'm pretty good at keeping my cool and I'm um, keeping my calm. That's how I think that's the main re the main reason that I I'm pretty good at that is probably from all of my a lot of my earlier fights when I didn't used to train at all. And then I would end up doing five five minute rounds with someone that's trying to grind on me. And if I couldn't keep my cool, then I would gas out straight away. So yeah, kind of didn't have much effect. Um, probably the biggest thing was just realizing that I was finally making my UFC debut, but it kind of didn't happen until I was right in the cage and I was standing in the cage looking over at Greg. And then I looked down at my hands and I see the UFC written across my gloves. And that was the, that was the, the exact second that it kind of all kind of came to me. And I realized that I've, I've, I'm here now. So that was, yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that affected me mentally for that fight. I know that that fight was somewhat short notice. This fight, you've had a proper camp. Your training has probably been yeah. phenomenal. You've learned from a lot of the, you know, from getting the octagon jitters and, and kind of getting the fight week over with. And now you, when you head into the new the next fight week, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going on. How has the training been? I, you have three other guys training with you that are going to be on the same card fighting alongside you. It must be insane, the the, the environment, the atmosphere. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, it, it's good and it's bad um, because you've got four guys that are just all pushing so hard. So the pace is always so high. The sparring sessions are really intense. But it's awesome because when one guy's having a bad day, there's three others just to pick, pick him up. And we just keep pushing each other. Um, yeah, and it just creates like a real real awesome vibe in the gym as well. All the guys, some guys not don't even have fights coming up, but they're just coming in to help us train. And everyone's just pushing everyone. And it's just an awesome atmosphere. 
I don't think I've seen our squad so packed, especially over Christmas, New Year's. We've still got so many numbers and the gym just helped us train. So it's been really awesome. Yeah, when you walk into the gym and, and you see these guys wanting to be part of history, your history, you know, Callum Potter's history, Jake Matthews' history, Jimmy Crute's history, uh, does it kind of give you goosebumps? Yeah, kind of. And then again, the guys that are coming to help us train, I can see all of them fighting in the UFC or in the top organizations in the world one day. So not that long ago, it was Dan fighting, Jake fighting, me and Jimmy were coming in to help them. Cal was always there helping, and then Jimmy started fighting, and then we're helping them out. And then it's it's just, yeah, it's kind of like everyone just kind of waits their turn. We help these top guys. They help us get better, and then we get our shot. But then everyone keeps helping each other until eventually it'll just keep going, and then the older guys retire later on, and then new guys keep coming through, and then it's just a good system that we've got. And it's not it hasn't been set up to work like that, but that's just how it's been. Um, it just comes down to if you're gonna, if you want to work hard and help everyone else, even though um, you've got nothing coming up, then it makes you a better person and it makes you a better fighter at the end of the day. Dan Kelly, he's the the captain of the ship. Can he still get in yeah. there? You think he can still, you know, get in there and compete <laughs> with the UFC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could without a doubt. He jumps in and spars still every now and then. He's just got a he's just got a basketball around his waist at the moment, but. Other than the tummy, he's still he's still he's still good to go. Um, he is. You ask anyone, he's the most awkward, intense, and pressure. Um, so much pressure you you can't describe until you jump in and spar him. So yeah, he still jumps in and wrecks us every now and again. And um, he, you can you you can always tell with with uh, with other fighters and people whether they're done or not. And he's definitely not done, man. He's he's gonna he's gonna. Have uh, he'll have a couple of things coming up, I reckon, over the next year or two. Okay, well, so I'll I'll definitely look out for that. You know, everybody loves Dan Kelly, man. Every everybody that I talk to, he they only have good things to say about him. Everybody that runs into him, and uh, and when everybody says good things about you, they must be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Everyone loves him. We hate him and we love him at the same time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marcos Rogero. De Lima is your opponent. He's another massive guy. You know, when you saw his name on the contract, what ran through your mind? Um, at first, so I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I guess if I have conversations with people about the UFC, if they don't know who I am, I seem like a bit of a casual. I only really know kind of the mainstream names until I started fighting in the UFC. So at first when I saw his name, all I thought was, oh, Brazilian name. I hope this guy is not a ground kind of guy. I don't want to go through a whole training camp sprawling the whole time. But um, yeah, watch some of his stuff and it's a good matchup. He likes, he really likes to kick. And especially after the Hardy fight, he's going to be looking at my lead leg a lot. So we're just game planning for what's going to happen. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to jump in. I reckon it's gonna it's gonna be an awesome fight, and I think it's a good style style matchup for me as well. I see it as like a a, a crowd pleaser of a matchup yeah. for for the Auckland Definitely. fans, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now your road in the UFC and even before the UFC, kind of like your lead up, tough twenty eight. You know, you went in there and uh, you dropped the decision. Uh, a year later, you had that. Uh, 
accidental eye gouge at the Contender Series. Two months later, you go into the Greg Hardy fight. That turns into a no contest. It's like you want to go into this fight and just get a clean, clean win, right? But what have you taken away from all those experiences before that that you you can take with you into this this fight? Um, The main thing is just everything's just come down to me. Um, I haven't been in there with anyone that's been so overwhelming or so much better at stuff that I that I'm just lost and I don't feel like I belong. The annoying thing is that after every everything that's happened, I know that I could have stopped this guy. I could have won this fight, but um, whether it's been in the prep or just in the fight, something's gone wrong. It's always just come down to me. So um, the main thing that I've taken away is that. As long as I get a good prep, keep my mind clear and listen to my coaches, then I just need to push through. And then I can be the one to make sure that I don't have to have controversies around me and so on and so forth. I mean, and even if it's something out of my hands, as soon as I get in the cage, anything that happens in the cage, as long as I do what I'm meant to do, then it won't, won't matter in the end. Now with, you know, anybody in the UFC a lot of it has to do with the diet too. You know what I mean? Like how have you changed anything with your diet? I know heavyweights, it's not that much of a big change, you know, but have you done anything in this, in this camp? Yeah, it's been actually really good. I've been working with Michelle Reeves um, and she does a lot of work with most of the people here. So she's doing Jake's diets and Jimmy's diet as well. Um, Cal doesn't really need a diet. I think he's at that stage in life where they just eat, prune juice and stuff for the older guys but i'm not sure but um it's been awesome just changing it up i've also found that since i've I've changed up so much in my diet my stomach is a bit weird now when i i used to eat a lot of meat red meat and i don't really like eating it that much anymore i'll eat mainly white meat more way more vegetables and fruits i didn't used to eat vegetables at all um and just yeah, eating no takeaways has been one of the bigger changes as well. So it's been it's been awesome. My body feels so good. I'm recovering so much faster after training sessions. And um, I think the hardest thing is going to be after the fight. I need to make sure I don't go all the way back the other way and try and stay strict afterwards as well. <laughs> Do you feel lighter on your feet with with less red meat and, and more vegetables? Yeah, yeah. It, brings my weight down straight away and I'm way lighter my, my knees don't swell up because I'm too heavy to be moving around lots and when I'm tired I can still just dance around the whole time and as I kind of used to I, that's how I used to fight is I've got I've seen I just watched some old sparring videos with me and Sai used to sparring because Sai used to be my main sparring partner so I always I always had to be moving around and being really quick otherwise he'll just tag me over and over and then seeing what I spar like now when I've been just spraying with the bigger guys and just being real flat on my feet. Um, it's always so much easier. And it's crazy how much of a difference only maybe seven, seven or eight kilos can make on how well I can move around again on my feet. So yeah, I'm, I'm just want to stay light. I, I don't want to, I don't mind too much about trying to be he- heavy for a heavyweight because I'm, I'm sure anyway, I'd rather just be able to move around. So the lighter I can get, I'll, I'll be happier. Now, with this De Lima fight, I know that you want to get a knockout, of course. And like you said earlier, you want to be able to listen to your coaches and make the adjustments in the fight. But it's safe to say this one is like, okay, I'm going to make the adjustments and I'm going to listen to my coaches, but I'm still going to go out there and try to knock this dude's head yeah. off. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's the, I'm just going to go and I'm going to act like I'm going to try and just win all three rounds and just have a high pace for all three rounds. But like my coaches know, I know that if I get a good shot, it's going to be finished. But um, I'm just going to try and follow up a bit more in this fight, though. So I just want to follow up more. Just because I, I had, I if you watch my fights, you see I just throw one shot and stop, throw one shot and stop. So I'll just pick up the work rate. And I found that most of my knockouts have come where I've just tried to just follow the game plan and not try and just look for that. And I just follow the game plan and then it always ends up coming. So that's, yeah, it should come. One last thing before I let you go, you know, there's different types of fighters all around the world. Do you consider yourself a prize fighter mostly, or do you consider yourself a, a martial artist? Um, I, I do consider myself as a martial artist just because um, I always kind of will come across new things that other people do. And I'm always asking, Dan, can I, can I do that? I, I want to try and learn how to do these things. Can I roll for leg locks or can I do a spinning back head kicks? But um, end of the day, what got me here was no job. I had to pay the rent every month. So I had to try and find a fight every month. And when I was just fighting to to get my family through everything, that's when everything was good. So I don't want to change that mentality too much. I need a fight. I need a win. And I would I want to try and fight as as often as I can because yeah, I remember one year when me and Sai would have about 12, 13 fights each in a year, and we would always do really well just because we're we're not really fighting to become the best or I'm not fighting to be the best in the world. I'm fighting for my family. And then that takes everything off the table. I just need to make sure I get in there, win, pay the bills, and then my kids can eat and I, we've got a roof over our head. So I, I, I think that mentality works for me better. All right, man. Well, February 23rd, UFC on ESPN Plus 26, Auckland, New Zealand. Ben Sasali is back in his hometown. Thank you so much, Ben, for the time. And, uh, and hey, man, we're going to talk again soon. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. Thanks, bro.